Hello and welcome to the Mindful in Minutes podcast, a guided meditations podcast brought to you by Yoga for You. I'm Kelly, and today I'll be leading you through your meditation. So go ahead and get comfortable, settle in, and enjoy your meditation practice. And now a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. So we all know that meditation is such a great way to take care of your mind, but so is therapy. And I have talked about therapy a lot on this podcast. I think it is so helpful. It is so useful. I think that we are so good at, you know, going in for regular checkups for our body and for our physical health. And this is just a wonderful way to take care of your mental and emotional health. And that therapy is something that you can do not just when you're struggling, but also when things are going really, really well well. That was something that I really changed my perspective on is that, you know, I can really do the work when things are going well and I'm not necessarily actively working through something, but I can kind of continue on my progress and do some of that deep work because everything else is kind of running smoothly at the time. And one of my favorite ways to get therapy is through BetterHelp. So BetterHelp is online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat only therapy sessions. So you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. I like to keep my camera off personally. And plus, it's much more affordable than in-person therapy, which we love. And it is quick. You can be matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. And I highly recommend BetterHelp, you guys. You've got to try it. And right now, our listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com minutes. That's betterhelp.com minutes. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this freeform episode of the Mindful in Minutes podcast. And, you know, we're going to have some fun today. At least I think it'll be fun. Uh, We're just going to do a little bit of story time. I don't think I've ever really done just like a full blown like story time before. Um, But these are the stories that basically, I don't know, I, I share them often like, on retreats when we're just hanging out and sitting around the dinner table or, you know, if I'm going for a walk with someone, it's just stories that I have. So I think maybe I'll call this episode my meditation stories or meditation story time. We'll see. And I thought that, you know, we could just dive into the unexplainable, the fun, the quirky, the weird, the creepy. I I don't know where we'll go. I'm not sure where we'll go here. I have a list of some of the most profound experiences I've ever had in meditation, and I'm just going to tell those stories. So one announcement today is next weekend, if you're listening as this is released, uh, it's next weekend, August 14th of 2022, I will be doing a virtual retreat and I would love to have you there. I try to do these once a quarter. They're so fun. And this summer theme is worthy and well. So it's a worthy and well at home retreat and we will be spending the morning into early afternoon. So if you're in central time like me, that's 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. Getting all the highlights of a yoga for you retreat, including a yoga class, a guided meditation, an opening ceremony, a workshop, and a sound bath. And we're going to be working with releasing imposter syndrome and welcoming in confidence and ease. So that's what we'll be working with. During that time, it is a pay-what-you-can event, so it's all donation-based. It is open to all levels. And if you can't make it live, there will be a replay available for you. Plus, I will be giving away one free private session to someone who signs up. So I'll put the link in the show notes. It's also on the website, yogafreeonline.com. And I would love to see you there. It'd be such a fun way to spend some time together. That is 
that's it. That's my only announcement. Um, let's see here. Where should we begin? <laughs> I just really briefly wrote down these notes. Um, so this is this is what I have written down. I don't know if we'll get to all of these. Uh, I have the time I channeled a retreater's deceased grandfather. Uh, the time my soul was healed from a pair of moonstone hands, parentheses, Alma. The time I went to the ER after cutting my hand um, from a peach and it healed too quickly. Uh, the time my entire perspective on life changed during meditation and then I got the giggles. Uh, let's see, the time my soul baby came to me in a meditation and lied to me. Um, and then there's one more on here, but I don't, you know, that's not, the, this last one here is not really a meditation story. So we're not going to, I don't know if we'll get to all of these. I'll just kind of see um, what happens here. So let's see. Where should we begin? I think, you know, I think we started off with a bang. Why not start with the time during meditation? I think I may have unintentionally channeled a retreater's deceased grandfather. So before I dive into this, I know that sounds a little wild. And let me tell you, these stories, they are wild. 99% of the time, for me at least, meditation is quite ordinary and that's one of the things that I like about it. It is very simple. It's a wonderful way for me to return to my center, to stay grounded. I, I don't, well, I don't know if I, I can't, you know, never say never, but I don't often have experiences like these. That's why after all of these years of practicing meditation and teaching it, I have, you know, maybe these five kind of big, like wild stories um, after all of these years, and people ask me all the time, they'll have an experience during meditation or during yoga nidra or a sound bath, and they'll always ask, "Is this is this quote normal, um, or is it normal that I did this, or I had this experience? Like, is that normal?" There really is no normal when you're working with the mind, you're working with your heart, you're working with just your unique journey and walking your path. There really is no normal, and if you personally have ever been with me and asked me this question, I've probably given you a very similar answer of like, there really is no normal. There's things that are maybe more common or that I hear about more frequently than others, but there is nothing like you would really have to say something pretty wild and pretty out there for me to be like, whoa, I've never heard that before. Oh my gosh, that's, I've never heard anyone, you know, have an experience like that. And I don't think that it's anything that should be scary or, you know, people shouldn't meditate because they're worried they'll have like some wild experience. And like I said, I don't do a lot of meditation. Um, I certainly don't with my, you know, students or anything like that, where, you know, we try to kind of go into more of the woo-woo realm. Sometimes I dabble in that for, you know, my own personal exploration and practice. But for the most part, Actually, I think all of these stories that I'm going to tell, it was 100% like just an interesting experience that happened to me and I like had no intentions. I wasn't even dabbling in the woo-woo at, at this point. And I just thought it would be kind of fun to share these stories and have some story time because this comes up a lot. Like when, you know, with my students, it's not that they're secrets, it's just... I don't know. I think that what happens in your meditation is your own experience and you get to do with that experience what you want. So, and I don't know, after almost five years of doing this podcast, I 
you know, feel like why not have the first story time ever in nearly five years, which I don't know. I've kind of been, you know, if anyone has any great ideas, tell me. This is not related to story time. But I want to do something really fun for the five-year birthday slash anniversary of the podcast. It's going to be in October. And, you know, please don't everyone send me an email being like, free retreats for everyone. Trust me, if I could, I absolutely would. But if anyone has any, like, fun ideas for things that we can do for the five-year birthday, I'd love to hear it. I want to do something really fun because that's, I mean, that's special five. If this podcast was a child, it'd be like going to kindergarten. (laughs) That is wild. Okay, let's dive in with a bang. The time I unintentionally uh, channeled a retreater's deceased grandfather. Also, if this retreater is listening, you know that I have so much, so much love for you. Um, I am not going to give any details with any of these stories if they involve anyone else I'm going to keep it so so vague um, for those people because you know that's their story to tell I'm just going to tell my part of the story so I was at a retreat um, a place that I've been to more than once not Iceland that I have always felt really connected to actually so two of these stories happened in the exact same yoga shala in Bali so One of them happened when I was there for yoga teacher training, and then this story, uh, the channeling, happened when I was there for uh, a retreat I was doing. And I don't know what it is about that yoga shala and that place. It Stuff happens there. For me, it does. And I don't know, two of the most profound experiences in my life have happened in the same yoga shala. And I don't know, it's it's a really special place. I want to go back. after we told pork chops, probably a little bit bigger because it's a bigger trip either so I can bring him with me or um, so I can, you know, he's okay if I leave him home because it takes a while to get to Bali. But anyways, so I was in this shala in Bali and I was doing some breath work and I was I was doing a practice. Um, this is also the time that my yoga bestie and um, one of the founders of AdZenture, Daniela. If you've been on a retreat, you've also met the lovely Daniela. I like to say that, you know, this is when the universe spoke to her and said that, you know, we were besties and soulmates, but I will let her tell that story maybe um, another time. But while she was apparently um, having the secrets of the universe unlocked and, you know, the universe was telling her that we were soulmates and we were best friends, which, you know, I already knew that. But while she was having that experience, I was doing this breathing and I was meditating and I all of a sudden just felt like I heard this voice and it just, it was very clear and very calm, very comforting. It was like a man's voice, like an older gentleman's voice. I don't know how else to describe it. I did not feel weird. I did not feel scared. It just... I don't know. I just felt this, just heard this voice and it said, uh, my love for you is carried on the wind. So I heard this and then I instantly just, I didn't understand it, but I just had this huge wave of like emotion, but like gratitude. And it was just like, I don't know. It was like someone had just told me the most beautiful, loving thing. And I was like, oh, and I didn't, I, at the time I had no idea what this voice was. I was like, God, is that you? Or I was just like, what is happening? I I didn't know what was happening, but it felt nice. And it was a very loving message. And I first interpreted it as, um, 
you know, the universe or whatever you believe in was saying like, hey, um, when you, you know, when the wind blows, that's me giving you a hug or that's me loving you. Um, you know, my love is all around basically. And and I sat on that. That happened on an afternoon of the retreat. I sat with it. I was kind of in this like silly kind of goofy, like almost euphoric mood for a little bit, like that whole night. And everyone was like, Kelly, like, why are you in such a weird mood? And I was like, I don't know. I like, I don't know. I felt like the universe had told me this little secret. Um, and then I slept on it. And then the next morning I got up extra early and had some coffee before we met for morning practice. And I was still reflecting on it. And it just was really profound. It stuck with me, this voice and this message. And I was like, you know, I, I didn't intend on sharing this with anyone, but I just felt pulled to share it in morning practice. So I kind of scrapped my original plan. And I was like, you know what? I don't know. I want to talk about this. I want to share this. And so we went down for morning practice early in the morning. And I just told them this story. And I said, you know, you guys were like, why are you in such a strange mood, um, Kelly? And and I told them, I said, it's because I felt like I got this message and it was the universe telling us, you know, and I, and I said the message, I said, this this older gentleman's voice just said, my love is carried for you on the wind. And when I said it, one of the retreaters um, instantly broke out into tears. And, you know, I thought that they were just as moved by what I heard as what I was like, oh my gosh, the universe loves us, like unconditional love. We're all just these beautiful, like soul babies of the divine or whatever. And um, so, I, you know, I was just letting her have her emotions and I, and I taught my class and, and it was just, you know, a wonderful experience. So then at the end of class, um, we had, you know, wrapped it up and, and this a student um, still had some emotions and I you know, just checked in and I was like, hey, you know, what, like, are you doing okay? Um, you know, just checked in and she said that um, recently her grandfather had passed and that was one of the last things uh, he had written her a letter. And, um, you know, when the wind blows, like that's me hugging you. Um, my love is, you know, carried on the wind. And that was one of the last things that he ever told her, wrote down for her. And to this day that, I mean, I, can, I can't explain any of that. I don't know. That whole story, I cannot explain it. I don't know what was happening. Um, she felt really good and really loved too. So, you know, I joke and say all oh, the time I, you know, channeled the retreater's, you know, deceased grandfather. Um, I don't know if that's what it was or I don't know if it was just a greater message and also was a message for this person too. I don't know what that was, but... It was wild. And when um, that retreater told me that story and told me why what I said was so uh, impactful to them and drove them to tears, I, I mean, then it drove me to tears and neither one of us understood it, but it happened. Um, so, yeah, I've never had anything quite like that um, really happen since then. And sometimes I do feel like on retreats and things like that, like we just we spend so much time together and sometimes I'll sense like people's energies or sometimes I'll, you know, sense something about someone, but it's never as explicit as, you know, I just feel like someone is kind of standing next to me and says something very loving and it's significant to someone on the retreat. So that's never happened before or after, but that is hands down one of the wildest uh, meditation experiences that I've ever had and I don't understand it, but that's okay. Sometimes I, 
as much as I love learning and I love science and I love explanations to things and, you know, diving deep into things and reading books and doing research and, you know, practicing, I also really embrace and recognize that there's some things that are just unexplainable. And I, I love that, too. And I embrace that even in my life. And there's been times where I have used meditation, like when I'm trying to get an answer for something and I'm trying to ask the universe or asking my you know, spirit guides or whatever it is. And sometimes the answer that I get in my head is it's not time yet or you don't need to know or it's like nothingness because it's just that's information I don't need yet. And I've started to really embrace that you don't need to know everything all the time and that sometimes, you know, the magic happens in the mysteries and that it will maybe be revealed if I need to know it, but maybe not and that that's okay. So since we're already in the Bali Yoga Shala, let's talk about, this is one of the first profound, I would say, so of this list, um, this is like chronologically, the story I'm about to tell is like the third most profound meditation thing I've ever had. Quickly, the first profound meditation thing I ever had was when, and I think I've told this one before, I'll just tell it quick, it's not even on the list, but it is when I went to live with the monks and I was studying loving kindness meditation and I was meditating and meditating and meditating. I was getting frustrated and then I sat into a meditation and I really, um, John Kabat-Zinn calls it like, quote, dropping in. So kind of like almost like you drop a penny into a, you know, into a well or something, right? And it kind of goes plunk and you just like drop in, um, dropping into that meditation. And I only know what that feels like because of this experience. And I sat down and I started practicing my meditation and I know I wasn't sleeping and I am, I'm pretty positive. I've told this story before on the podcast, but I was just meditating deep meditation. And the next time I opened my eyes, it had been over two hours and I know I wasn't sleeping. It felt very different. It was such a profound experience. It really opened my mind up to, you know, what it really felt like to be deep into meditation. I've never had anything quite like that since. And this is another thing, you know, this is why all these tangents is why we're not going to get through this whole list, but that's okay. Maybe I'll do, you know, tell the other stories later. But I do think that, you know, from these experiences, not only recognizing that there's some things that are just kind of unexplainable and there's, you know, mysteries out there, there's experiences when you're working with the body and the mind and the brain that just are unusual and unexplainable and you know, kind of just free falling into the unknown and that's okay. Another thing that I've learned from these experiences is that you have to release the expectation of recreating those same experiences. You know, it is not often that lightning strikes twice. And so I've really embraced these experiences as just being like single instances. And I don't know, maybe something like this will happen again. Maybe I will have a meditation practice again where I really just fully felt like I just instantly dropped in and two hours passed and it felt like it'd been five minutes. Maybe that will happen again, but maybe it won't either. And I hold gratitude for the fact that I've had that experience once, but I'm trying my best not to have any attachment or expectation for it happening again and just letting that experience be what it was and letting, you know, it just, yeah, just be what it was and let me take what I need from it. And to not feel like I have to then meditate all the time or always get to that space or, well, if I'm not, you know, channeling mysteries of the universe or 
sitting for two hours and it feels like five minutes because I'm so deep in my meditation, somehow it's a, quote, failure. No, that's not that's not it. There were times that I felt that way, but I've really let go of that and let go of that attachment to these types of experiences. And like sometimes they happen, not often. Sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. And I think it really is like that lightning striking where it's just kind of the perfect the perfect storm of, you know, in particular, like when I felt like I was sitting for five minutes and it had been two hours, I was meditating for hours and hours and hours every single day. At this point, I'd been there for a week and I had a vow of silence. And the only time I was talking was when I was working with my teacher specifically to work on ways to deepen my meditation. Like I was deeply immersed in this stuff. So I had a really deeply immersive experience, which I think really fast tracked my ability to kind of drop in like that. So it just kind of was the environment and everything. And I haven't been in that same moment, in that same environment, in that same headspace ever again, because it was, you know, every moment that we live is truly a once in a lifetime experience. Because even if you're doing the same activity again and again and again, it might sound wild to be like, well, every time you do your laundry, it is a once in a lifetime experience, but you will never fold that laundry in that moment at that time ever again. So it is. So just just some food for thought. So definitely with the monks, I think that was just hands down number one, the first profound experience that I ever had. The second one was the peach, cutting the hand with the peach. I'll come back to that one. And then the third one that I had was the second, you know, story from Bali. So it was the first time I was in this yoga shala. I was there doing a 300-hour teacher training. I was there for I was there for about five or six weeks. And we would do these three-hour morning practices. It wasn't, you know, necessarily my favorite. We weren't supposed to eat food or drink coffee before these um, practices, and that was hard for me. And they were very early. I think I think they started at five or six, maybe six. I think we did six to nine, so that's not like too early, I guess. But that's a long time to go without any food or coffee. And we would do these three-hour practices. They would end with long shavasanas, and then we'd get up from our shavasana, and then we would do meditation. So I was laying in shavasana and resting and, you know, meditating and getting to this relaxed space. And again, I don't know what this was, but it almost felt like this curtain was, like, lifted in my mind. And it was, I guess, revealed to me. That doesn't quite sound like the right word. It was just like I... Like if I was watching a movie or something, it just turned on and then I was watching it. And without getting you know into the details, because the actual content of it is deeply personal that I want to keep private for myself and those involved. But it be- was shown to me that some of the deepest moments of suffering and pain and emotional hardship in my life happened for a reason. And it showed me how they were in a way, a blessing in disguise, not to take away from the fact that some of these things are tragic and horrible and incredibly hard, but it just kind of was revealed to me that like the purpose and why I went through those things and what I've gained since then. And seriously, it just hit me like a ton of bricks. And first I just started like crying because something that I had held onto so deeply of like kind of a a why me or why would, you know, this happen to me thing um, mentality, I guess, 
I just burst into tears because it was like, oh, this is why me. Like, this is why this thing happened to me. It was because I needed to acquire these certain skills and eventually end up in this place doing this thing. And it was so profound to me that first I cried and then I started laughing uncontrollably. And I had heard people say before that when you have an emotional release, it could be tears. I've heard it could be hiccups and I heard it could be the giggles. And I thought, well, you know, I, I mean, I've witnessed a lot of emotional releases on retreats and classes. It's usually tears or maybe sometimes, you know, kind of a physical thing. Uh, I'd never seen a giggle emotional release until all of a sudden I was inappropriately giggling uh, in Shavasana and meditation uncontrollably. Like, I don't know, it just, it wasn't, it wasn't like a maniacal cackle. It's like, you know, when you're with like your best, best friend and then you start laughing and then it's like, you just, you can't stop laughing and like no one's even saying anything, but like all of a sudden you make eye contact and then you just like die laughing again for no reason, even though the funny thing passed. It's like that kind of where it's just like, it's just so funny for no reason. And I'm telling you the content of what was revealed to me, it was not that funny. Like it was heavy. It was like, I wasn't laughing like, ha ha, hysterical. It just, I don't know. I just started giggling and it was, it seemed wildly inappropriate. Like I was laughing at the teacher. I wasn't. I had to kind of explain myself a little bit after the fact. I removed myself from the class. But I don't know. It just all of a sudden, you know, when I thought, you know, why me or why would this happen in my life? Why why would I have to live through this thing? And I was meditating just and I got the answer. Even if it was a rhetorical question I was asking, it was like, you know, this was why. And it was so profound and so moving and beautiful. I started crying. And then once the tears were over, uh, then I just, I don't know, I got the giggles and, and it lasted for a while. And I just had to remove myself and kind of let the dust settle and then come back and, you know, talk to my teacher and explain to them that uh, I was not trying to be rude. But that was the first profound experience I had in that shala. And then, you know, and then I don't know, maybe I was channeling the second time. I have no idea. We're going to take a quick break from these stories to talk about Inside Tracker. Now, I love Inside Tracker. You guys have heard me talk about them before. I'm going to keep talking about them because they are great. Now, Inside Tracker was created by leading scientists in aging genetics and biometrics. Inside Tracker is a way to analyze your blood DNA and fitness tracking data to identify where you're optimized and where you are not. So, I recently got an ultimate plan done. I got like a retest and I found that my vitamin D and my iron were actually lower than they were supposed to be, which is something that could be contributing to the fatigue that I have been experiencing lately. And I, I didn't know that. And now I can start making some adjustments because with Inside Tracker, you'll get a daily action plan with personalized guidance on the right exercises, nutrition, and supplements. So for me, that's adding some extra iron and vitamin D. And you also now can connect your Inside Tracker with Fitbit or Garmin, which is really cool to get real-time like recovery information. It's kind of like having your own personal trainer and nutritionist in your pocket. And right now for a limited time, you can get 20% off the entire Inside Tracker store. Just go to insidetracker.com forward slash MIM. That's insidetracker.com forward slash MIM. This one actually I can explain a little bit and I will explain a little bit, but basically what happened, I won't get too graphic. I was, you know, cutting some fruit and I had 
cut a part of my hand. Again, I don't want to, you know, make anyone queasy. Um, it was serious enough where I ended up in the ER is one of those. I like immediately did it. Then I was like, oh my gosh, I need to go to the ER. So I went and um, they, I didn't get stitches. They glued my skin back together, which I'd never heard of like skin glue. <laughs> I was like, oh, you're going to glue it. But apparently that's a common thing. Um, so I did that and then had it all wrapped up and I had my hand, uh, it was my left hand kind of all, you know, bandaged up and looking all sorts of, of wild. So what I did was, and this was something that I learned way back um, when when my mom had breast cancer, I remember reading something about how meditation can help you heal your body. So people who focus on that particular area, and this is something that I want to do a freeform episode on, maybe, maybe later this month I'll do it. But there are certain ways and, you know, science backs this up that when you focus on certain areas and you focus on those areas like healing in meditation, that there is more activity in that particular area and it can speed up the regeneration and healing of, um, you know, of your body. And there's lots of really interesting studies um, happening with that kind of the idea of like where your mind goes, the energy flows. But it's very much like if you, you know, meditate on something. So for me, what I did was I had cut my hand. I knew kind of what that cut looked like, where it was. And I would quiet my mind. I would meditate. And when I was meditating, I would visualize my hand healing. So I would watch the, you know, the cells regenerating, kind of the, you know, tissue regenerating and healing. And I had to go back after like a week um, to get it looked at to make sure that it was, you know, doing okay. And when I went there and they, you know, took off all of my bandages and everything and looked at it, the nurse was like, oh, how, she was like, when, you know, she checked the chart. She's like, when did you cut this? And I was like, oh, a week ago. She was like, are you sure? I was like, uh, yep, pretty sure. Um, I was there and, you know, <laughs> it was not pleasant. And she just remarked on how it looked way, it just was way farther in healing, way more advanced in the healing than it should have been. And I very firmly believe that it was because I was meditating and I was focusing specifically on healing that part of my area. Um, it does help to increase circulation in those areas. And so I do, there's little science to back that one up. So I do know what was going on with that. But at the time before I really knew the science behind it, like my mind was blown and this lovely nurse's mind was blown. The doctor was kind of like, uh, yeah, that healed really, really fast. And... I just, I like that story because I just think we have such power and I'm not saying that, you know, you, you shouldn't like go see doctors. That's not it at all. Um, but I think that, you know, the, your mind is so powerful and your thoughts are so powerful and it can have such a powerful impact on healing and, and science backs up this fact that having a positive mindset and, you know, meditating on particular areas that you're trying to heal, like these things can benefit your body. And what you focus on in your mind can be reflected like physically, whether it's in healing um, or other ways. So this is a quick little story. That was the second most profound thing. So in chronological order, it has gone um, the time with the monks, the cutting my hand and healing, then going to Bali and like realizing that some of the biggest pain and suffering points of my life um, helped me become the person that I am in specific ways. And then I think looking at this list, I think the next, I can't, I can't quite remember um, whether 
the time my soul was healed. I can't remember if that was before or after Bali the second time. It was around the same time. Um, so I was practicing some meditation. We'll go there next. I was practicing some meditation. This one was just a couple of years ago because I remember I was in my apartment in Minneapolis. Um, so that, you know, would have been maybe two years ago. And sorry, I was having a, uh, a really rough time and I was tired. I was run down. I didn't really know what it was and I was meditating and I was kind of meditating and reflecting and being like, you know, what, what's going on with me? And I, it just became apparent to me that my soul was like run down and kind of broken. Like I had this image of like my soul and it kind of had this like crack in it, like it was broken. I was like, oh my gosh, well, I don't want that. I don't want a broken soul. And I asked for help. And this is something that, you know, asking for help can be a beautiful, wonderful thing, whether you're asking for help. I was at Trader Joe's just well, I was at Trader Joe's yesterday, actually, and pork chop was just so wild and out of control. And, you know, someone asked if they could just give me a hand. And usually I'd be like, oh, no, 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 I'm good. I'm okay. Um, but I did need help in that moment. So I was like, yeah, I, I thank you. I could use a hand. And I think that, you know, asking for help, it's not a sign of weakness. I think sometimes we're taught that it is. Um, but it's not just, you know, you can ask for help in Trader Joe's. You can also ask for help when you're meditating and you feel like, your soul is run down and you need someone to give you a hand with that. So, and again, this is a very unexplainable one. I saw this image of my soul kind of being broken and I said, uh, okay. And this is really how I said, it. I was like, oh, is there anyone out there that um, can help me with this? I don't really know how to heal a soul. And then I saw this broken soul and I saw these pair of hands and they looked like moonstone or like uh, mother of pearl, kind of that like iridescent, like opalescent color. And it was like they're almost like moonstone, like actual stone kind of hands in a way that were very like, you know, light and iridescent. And they just came and these hands rested on my soul. And this moonstone color went all around my soul, healed it. And then their head didn't say anything else, just the hands. And then they left and I was like, uh, wow. And I didn't, again, it was unexplainable. I'm still meditating. I just go, who do I, I thank you. Who do I have to thank? And the word Alma or the name Alma came into my mind. I was like, well, that's interesting. Alma. And uh, I was like, oh, okay, well, thanks, Alma. Like, thanks for the soul healing. Uh, that, you know, thank you. And I ended my meditation practice and later on I Googled it. I Googled like, what does the name Alma mean? And I'm not kidding. I Googled it and it said like, Alma means like one who heals the soul. And I was just like, and my mind was, I was like, wait a minute. And my mind was blown. I'd never, like, I, I don't really know. Since then I've met an Alma and she's lovely. But yeah, I don't know. I just, I felt broken. My soul felt broken. I was run down. I asked for help. Uh, it came to me in the form of Alma, whatever or whoever Alma is. And I since then have, you know, if I need help with some healing, especially emotional healing, um, I, you know, ask for that same help. And I've found that, you know, if I have good intentions and I need help and I ask, it'll come. And that to me, that experience, it, it wasn't scary. It wasn't 
I mean, it was a little, I was going to say it wasn't weird. It was a little weird, but it was comforting to me and it helped. And I don't, I can't explain it, but I'm glad that, that it happened. So that is that one. I think that might be the, I think I'm going to save this whole baby story. Um, well, no, maybe I'll tell it. I'll tell it really quick. Um, I was meditating when I was ready to become a mother and there is, and this is something I'll probably share over on the meditation mama feed. So if this applies to you specifically, I've gotten a few requests for it, for like meditations, for like fertility, um, or, you know, when you're growing a family. So I was doing a meditation called a soul baby meditation, which it's out there. It's, it's woo woo. It's kind of this idea of like, you know, you're doing a meditation to kind of prepare yourself, but also to kind of put out there into the universe to your, you know, soul babies that, you know, you're ready and you can kind of like call them in and be like, hey, like, you know, mom's ready. Um, you can come in, you know, you, it's, it's more complex than this, but basically it's just a way that you can meditate and, you know, tell the universe out there, tell the souls of your future children that like you're ready to step into that role and you, you know, welcome them with open arms. So I'm doing this soul baby meditation and I'm doing the whole thing. It's, you know, taking a while. And I, I do think I'll do a guided soul baby meditation over on Meditation Mama one of these days, um, not on this feed, because a lot of you would be like, um, is Kelly okay? Why, you know, why did we go for <laughs> falling asleep? And now all of a sudden we're, we're doing soul babies. But I was doing this meditation for myself personally when I decided that I wanted to start trying to have a child. And I had this child come to me and I'm not going to share too many details, mostly because um, it wasn't pork chop, the child that came to me. And it was uh, it was a, a girl. That's all. It was a baby girl. And I thought for sure, I was like, oh, my gosh, like this is it. This is going to be, you know, I thought I was like, oh, this is, the you know, this was it. And so so I, I was convinced for quite a while. This is actually why Pork Chop was called Pork Chop because I was like, oh, well, obviously, like this baby is a girl because I did this meditation. I welcomed in my soul baby via meditation and this baby girl came to me. And uh, Pork Chop wasn't a girl. Pork Chop was a boy. And then when I found out um, that Pork Chop was a boy, I was like, oh, I was like, you know, I was pregnant and emotional. I was like, my soul baby lied to me. <laughs> and uh, I don't think that's what happened. You know, I I have no idea if, you know, this baby girl will come into my life at some point. I don't know. Um, but I know that during that meditation that I had this experience where I felt like a child of mine was, you know, in, in my life. And kind of helped me with a little bit of like healing. And it was just this really beautiful experience where I just felt like I was, you know, opening up my heart to the children that I would like to have in this lifetime and letting them know that I was ready and letting kind of the universe know that I was ready to step into that role. Um, So if they, you know, would be kind enough and they wanted to come, you know, be with me here on earth, I was ready for them. And it wasn't Park Chop that came through. So I don't know. Maybe, you know, we'll see. Um, that's why I don't want to share too many details. I have no idea what the future will hold. But at least this soul baby in particular was definitely a girl and was a sassy. So I don't know if that will be in the cards for me one day. But it was just a really interesting experience. And I think the reason and that 
I wanted to tell these stories. One, I think the reason I hadn't told these stories in so long is an insecurity that I had for a very long time was, you know, worrying that people would think I was, quote, weird. And this is something I, I don't know, I've totally moved past that. I just, you know, I am weird and I embrace it. But I think that particularly when I started on this path so long ago, it was before like yoga and meditation were quote like cool. And it definitely was kind of like a weird thing to be into, especially as like a teenager. It's like, oh, you're just like, the, you know, like in high school, I'd get up early and go to yoga class before school. And everyone was like, oh, OK. And so I think I just kind of got in my head about, you know, these things being quote weird. And they're definitely different. They are unique. I don't think, you know, I don't know, maybe other people have had experiences like these, but I they don't happen often for me. But I think that if you open yourself up to opportunities, if you're practicing your meditation and you need to ask for help, um, you can. You don't necessarily know what form the help will come in. Um, or if you are doing your meditation and maybe someone needs to share a message, maybe that message will pop into your head and you'll say it to someone later. Maybe you are wanting to start a family and you are meditating and preparing yourself and just letting you know the universe know that you're ready to step into that role as a parent. I don't know. These are just, these experiences are what they are. And I don't really care anymore if people think I'm weird. <laughs> so I didn't share them for a while because I, I don't know, I worried about what people would think. But I share them now because, I mean, they're interesting, I guess, but mostly because when you're meditating, just know that anything can happen, but that that shouldn't be scary. I think that if you have positive intention, that these experiences are always there to help serve your greatest and highest good, and that you can learn a lot through these types of unexplainable meditation experiences. And maybe it's just, I don't know, some kind of like a neurological thing, like my I'm growing a new neurological pathway and for whatever reason when that's happening, I hear something or I, you know, visualize something specific or whatever it is. I don't know. I don't have the answers, but I think it's also okay to not always have the answers and to just let these experiences be what they are. So I hope you enjoyed or at least got a kick out of, you know, some of the uh, unexplainable quirky things that have happened to me when... I've been meditating. And if you haven't had these experiences, don't worry about it. If you're like, oh my gosh, well, I've never had a soul baby come to me and, you know, lie to me and say that, whatever. No, this soul baby did not lie. Um, I think I didn't ask the right questions as to when this baby would be joining me. But anyways, um, you know, if you're like, well, I've never had moonstone hands come and heal my heart. That does not mean that you aren't good at meditating. It doesn't mean that you are less than. It doesn't mean that you aren't, you know, far enough along on your journey. That's not it at all. We are all unique people working with our minds, our hearts, our souls. And each experience that we're going to have is going to be different. And you may have an experience totally different than mine, and these may be totally different than what you'll experience. Maybe your meditation will stay ordinary, which is what mine is 99% of the time, and I like that. This morning, I sat in my meditation, and I just kind of quieted my mind, and I allowed myself to be still and just breathe. It was so ordinary. It was so boring. It was so great. It felt so good. And 
you know, 99% of the time, that's what my practice is. That's what I like. It grounds me. It centers me. But then every once in a while, it's kind of like, whoa, what just happened? And that's it. So um, let's see. The thing that is bringing me joy right now, um, right now, the thing that is bringing me joy in life is small acts of kindness from strangers. I told you about, you know, someone giving me a hand in Trader Joe's. Also, I was out in my backyard again yesterday and the garbage trunk truck was driving by picking up the trash and you know pork chop is really into cars and likes to say you know beep beep for the horn and I was just holding him we were in the backyard watching the dump truck go by and the man who was driving it just pulled up like literally right in front of where we were standing pretty much on the other side of the fence and gave pork chop a wave and honked the dump truck horn a couple of times and he thought pork chop thought that was like the coolest thing he had ever seen and it was just so nice like that man did not have to do that he he just did something nice to bring joy to my child and that was really sweet and kind and so little moments of kindness from people from strangers is absolutely what is bringing me joy right now and I'm trying to do more of that for others as well um, the question that I have to answer this week, it comes from Instagram. It comes from Josie on Instagram. And she was wondering what I am currently reading. So I am not, I'm not like reading one book currently, like beginning to end. I've been collecting a bunch of them. I've been reading on some different um, meditation techniques and I got this one book um, about like tarot, like a tarot deck. I don't do a lot of tarot, uh, but I was curious and I've kind of been dabbling a little bit and I just kind of have been picking up this book and reading about it just to kind of understand like what this practice is. And I've really been enjoying it. Um, it's actually a book. It's by Cassie Yule, who's been on this podcast. It is the Zen out guide to tarot, I believe. Um, I'll link to it, but I've really been enjoying the book and I find it's just a really easy, accessible way if you're curious about it, um, about tarot, that you can just read it. And it gives you a lot of great information. I love learning new things. Even if I never use it, I like to be curious and I like to learn new things. So that's currently what I'm reading. It's just sitting on my bedside table. I'll pick it up, read a little bit, and then put it back down. But I'm not necessarily working on one book uh, right now, but I have a big stack of just things that I'm kind of picking up and reading a little bit when it seems pertinent. So that uh, is the question for this week. I hope to see you guys on the 14th at the virtual retreat. And thanks for listening to my story time. Have a great day.